0: With guests from all over the world, from different wisdom traditions, I wish to create a web of loving energy that permeates the whole world to create more love and peace. You can connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube for more guidance and love. Hi, everyone, welcome to this week's episode. I hope that you had a beautiful week. The energies have been very intense in the universe the past week. And I feel like many of us have been affected in our sleep and dreams. And on Instagram, the different questions I've posted, I've really seen that it has affected us uh, as a collective. And we're upgrading and downloading so much new information and awareness and consciousness. So we just have to Tune into that and really take time to be mindful and and practice self-love to rest when we need to, to be very uh, conscious about the way we sleep and and how we sleep and all of that. So I think that these are all leading up to this amazing and, and strong equinox and full moon in the third week of September and on this equinox and and the full moon coming up then me and sandra ray will be having again uh, online celebration ceremony meditation uh, to connect with the energies of the equinox where there's a balance between night and day we will be working with the different energies of of this shift and the sun shifting into libra and also the full moon and what that means so, if you are interested in participating online, you can check out the link in the show notes or on my web- website at lovepositivism.com. I also just want to say that my b- ebook is currently on sale through Hay House, and you can find my ebook on many different platforms. It's only $199 during a period of now. And uh, the 2nd of September. So it's actually the same day as this episode is coming out. So you have a very limited few days for this, but if you are interested in learning about healing and diving deeper into yourself and your soul, you can check my book out, Love Positivism, Live a Life of Higher Vibrations, Love and Gratitude. And I'm so excited to share this week's guest with you. It's also someone that I've met and known for a couple of years. And her name is Erlin. She is the founder of Stockholm Goddess Temple. She's a priestess, witch and mindfulness practitioner. She has worked with the goddess for over 20 years and started her three-year training in Glastonbury, Back then, to become an Avalon priestess with her teacher, Kathy Jones. She has since then created ceremonies for the Glastonbury Goddess Conference, as well as festivals in Sweden and Germany. So she's really, really embodied the work and path of a priestess. And she shares her journey in this episode of how she decided to walk the priestess path and what it means to her to be a priestess. We speak about the celebrations and ceremonies, the Wheel of the Year, uh, what that means to to connect with nature's changing flows and, and cycles. We talk about Glastonbury and Avalon. Maybe you've heard about these places and dimensions before. I really feel connected to this energy as well. Uh, we She speaks about her connection to Mother Earth and the elements. We also tap into... The aspect of the goddess that is specifically in my path. It's Inanna or Ishtar from the Sumerian, uh, Mesopotamian regions of the world. Uh, And we also talk about the equinox practice that is in her own path that that Elin practices. So I'm really excited to share this episode with you. And I also, before we start, just want to thank Ace of Air so much for being my podcast partners. They're sponsi- sponsoring this episode and their newly launched beauty and wellness brand committed to products that put people and planet above all. Their line of clean, vegan and cruelty-free care and supplements have been synergistically formulated at the intersection of herbalist wisdom and modern science, focusing on rituals that work from the inside out inspired by mother nature's ability to create abundance without waste ace of air is the first and only beauty and wellness brand designed to be entirely circular and fully zero waste you can explore more about them in this beautiful uh, just group of people who have created ace of air with sustainability and mother earth uh, put first at aceofair.com you can also find them on instagram and I hope that you enjoy this week's episode. You can always connect with me on Facebook, on Instagram, Love Positivism everywhere. And also if you want to listen or to this episode on YouTube, I have it there as a video with Erlin. So you can check out Love Positivism YouTube channel as well and enjoy. Hi Erlin, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you very much. I'm so excited to be a part of this. It feels really, uh, I'm both nervous and excited.
0: I'm so excited to connect with you. It's been a while and uh, I feel like we have so much to talk about. And I always start by asking my guest uh, how you, if you have a daily practice of staying mindful and grounded and what that is.
1: Well, I use meditation a lot and uh, I guess different types of meditation uh, because sometimes something works for me and like just staying with my breath and counting my breath. And then sometimes I'm like, uh, I'm too bored with that. I can't focus. And then I, I go in for like a guided meditation where I'm taking on a journey or this morning I did um I just did like a a morning, a guided morning meditation where um, it was just like setting the tone for the day, sort of making myself a bit more positive, I should say, (laughs) about going to work. Um, So, yeah, it uh, meditation is like my my main thing, and and then using, I I, I guess, um, I always talk about my meditation practice as something that. I keep with me for the entire day hopefully so like if I'm at work and I start to get annoyed I sort of go okay what's happening now and then you know use use what I've learned in meditation to try and ground and get back to myself and sort of realize what what is my trigger what is annoying me can I just sort of stay a bit more zen (laughs) with Mm. it. So, yeah, meditation and then using all that I've learned um, throughout the day. So that's kind of my daily practice. Mm. Mm.
0: That's beautiful. Sounds great. And and I think like having tools like that can be so helpful because we never know when we start our day, what we're going to run into. And Mm -hmm. just having like one point that feels and maybe it doesn't happen every day, but some mm. days we're just flowing, but I, I really love meditation in many forms as well mm. as a daily practice. So I'm really excited to talk to you today, Eileen. Uh We're both based in Sweden and maybe you want to start by sharing with the listeners who you are and what you do before we get into all the other topics.
1: Yes. Well, where do I start? Well, I guess I should start with that I'm the I'm a priestess of Avalon because that's like my main focus in life, I suppose. Um, so I've, I've been a priestess for about, I don't know, 19 years, something like that. I trained in Glastonbury with Kathy Jones. Mm. And my work in this world, well, there's so much, but what I uh, <laughs> I do hold ceremonies. Um, mostly online at the moment, but also out on the land. And I create online courses connected to the goddess and how to get closer to the goddess, how to open up to goddess energies. And I also, because I love meditation, I I, uh, have a few meditation courses and I want to share more about mindfulness. I'm a mindfulness instructor as well. Um, And I guess my main focus is to as i've been working on myself for these past sort of 27 years or something i've been um on this path everything that i'm that i'm learning and everything that i'm all the tools that i've learned and all the kind of ways to connect to goddess and to connect to the one um i love sharing that and i love um trying to help other people who want to get closer to goddess or to the divine to to um, to help them so through my ceremonies and through my courses I when I talk about it I get really passionate because it's Mm. like that that's what I love I love doing that I love holding ceremonies it just feels so magical so yes Mm. that's I guess that's what I what I do (laughs) that's amazing
0: (laughs) i mean you've been on a path for so long that i i would say like that many are waking up to now but you started so many years ago and i have so many questions about that because i'm wondering Mm -hmm. like living in sweden like how did you end up and back then it wasn't like all over social media and and all of these places like First of all, how did that relationship start for you? Like, and and did it start early in life? And was it an experience you had? Or how did it all begin?
1: Um, I remember there was this mind-body-spirit fair in Stockholm. And, you know, they were really small back then. Um, And there was this Aztec Indian man there uh, who did, they did ceremonies and they sort of... um, he spoke about Mother Earth, and I was like, whoa, that, I was like, this, this is it, what have I, what have I been doing? That was like a a bit of my first awakening to that there is something else, and that just resonated so strongly with me that I started to kind of wonder what's all that about, and I did some workshops with him, and then I just didn't really like him, he was, he didn't really resonate with me after a while, but then when I lived in London, uh, I walked into the Watkins bookshop and there was like a shelf of books on paganism. And I was like, <laughs> what? There's other people out there. What is this? this? is a whole new world I didn't know. And I just, and I remember saving up for my first book and it was only like 8.95 or something, but I was an au pair, so I had no money. Um, and that book, it was called Earth Magic um, by Margaret MacArthur. And through that book, I took my first steps, like into meditation, into learning about the elements, how to experience them, uh, how to to explore them. Um, And from then it was kind of the path towards goddess as mother earth. It was kind of, that's where I started feeling really connected to mother earth energy. And then I moved to Australia to study, and I kind of met a few pagans there. And I also starting to read, started to read more, and um, you know. But I guess when you start, there's like all the books on the shelves. It's just like I want that one, and that one, and that one, and that one, because <laughs> it's just so much. Uh, and then when I moved to, I moved to Scotland after Australia, and I went into this little bookshop somewhere in Edinburgh. And there was a little shelf on paganism, and I saw in the nature of Avalon a book, mm. and I thought, "Oh, what's that?" And that was like a um, book by Kathy Jones on pilgrimages in Glastonbury. And then I think in the back of that book or something, it said, "Oh, Kathy also has a goddess conference and a priestess training." And I was like, "Oh," <laughs> and that—that that, I mean, when I read that, I I bought the book on the pilgrimages, and I I didn't really. No, I, I didn't really know where Glastonbury was even. I knew it was down south somewhere, um, but I didn't know that much. And I think that's when, when the calling to Avalon was just awakened. And I was like, uh, I didn't really know what it meant, and I didn't know, I didn't know Kathy obviously, and, um, but I just that summer we went down to Glastonbury and I spent a day or two at the goddess conference and I met Kathy. I went on some walks with her and went to, to Avebury and on the bus, I remember this so clearly because I was on the bus and, you know, she'd been leading us through meditations and all kinds of things. And we were on the bus and I was sitting there and I was thinking there she is. And I walked up and I was like, if one wants to to, apply for the priestess training how do i go about it and she was like well you apply and then i intuitively know if you're going to be on it or not and i was like oh, she's not going to let me she's not gonna <laughs> let me be on it <laughs> but, um and i keep i keep talking forever but it's just a funny thing cuz i I applied or i thought i applied i i wrote the application but then i was a bit scared because i was like no i can't be a priestess i'm not yeah i don't even know And so I I left that letter in storage in Scotland while we were cycling around Scotland for a month. And then when we were cycling around, all I saw were the mountains in shape shape of the goddess, like lying down. And I was like, so I wrote a letter to Kathy going, I have the application, but it's in storage in Scotland. And I'm going to send it straight away when we get back. And that's a long story, but that's how I ended up. Whoa. Um, with Kathy in in Glastonbury oh. in Avalon,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's that's so exciting. It feels like yeah. it's uh, first of all, like just being in those islands is so yeah. like amazing in Scotland, and yeah, yes. it's, it's really special. And mm. and then you had this because I'm thinking like how how was it back then? It was something that was so like unknown but you felt it intuitively like did you feel Mm. a calling to that place? how how was your connection to the lands and
1: everything yes i think i mean i've i don't i've always been drawn to to england and scotland and i mean the the uk i think for some reason and then but i didn't really know about Avalon or and now afterwards I kind of think that that was the calling that was when the Lady of Avalon called me and her I was really drawn to her energies and um and I didn't really know what it meant even but I'm mm. so glad that I just followed that um and trusted that because I've always been like a really scared person I'm frightened of everything new and I'm you know always think I'm going to fail at everything and and so I think that was really brave of me Mm. to actually do that and I remember going down I lived in London then when I started the training and I went on the bus to Glastonbury I I didn't know what it well obviously I've been there um, a day or two but uh, you know the, the bus arrived late at night and I was staying at the backpackers and then you know just stepping into that space of the training in the morning not not knowing like what are we even going to do I didn't know what we were going to do because I'd never heard of anyone who'd done the training and didn't know anyone who was going to be on it and I'd met Kathy and like you said there was no social media it was just like a flyer that I'd read about (laughs) you know (laughs) become a priestess of Avalon I was like but um yeah so yeah I don't
0: know. Oh, that's yeah, that's beautiful. And uh, maybe I think some listeners might not know exactly like the myths of Avalon and Gla- how Glastonbury is connected mm. to this. Maybe you want to share that because I think it's so magical to listen to this.
1: Yes. to I mean, the, the, the relevant part to me, I guess, is that they say that um, Glastonbury, or uh, which is like can be seen as an island in the landscape. So that's like um, in in the olden days, as I say, they, they that used to be an island and that used to be um, a place where priestesses lived because it's a sacred land. And then the myth is that Glastonbury and Avalon, kind of when Christianity came in, the priestesses and the goddess were pushed into another um, behind the veil sort of into another what's the word reality into like another
0: dimension maybe? dimension. that's yeah. it
1: yes so now it's like Glastonbury and Avalon are there at the same time and so in meditation and in ceremony we can kind of enter deeper into that space and experience those energies of that um, of of the goddess who whose face whose aspect is really strong in Glastonbury because as i see it and i guess most people see it as like there's there's one goddess and she's got like a million faces and and a million different energies so the lady of avalon is just like one aspect one one vibration uh, that is very strong in in the in Glastonbury and in avalon
0: Mm yeah and i feel like so for for me so i visited it was really like like just a last minute thing i did back in 2000 and it must have been 18 i just felt like this like sudden need to go there so i went there and i think it was it was definitely in july of that year and it was actually over mary magdalene's feast day it so happened and i've really felt drawn to her as well and uh, I feel like there is definitely so there's many places on earth that have this these power grids and energy channels and openings and and this place definitely have has that especially since this energy has been worked on for Mm. this long and you can really feel it in the whole like village it's it's Mm. so apparent that it's so open to so many Mm. different faiths and practices so i i really felt that and i ended up staying in a in a guest house below the tour like on the like i think it was passing uh chalice wells and all of this and yeah Mm. a little bit further away but and it was definite and there's ley lines going down there as well. And I could feel it the whole trip. And I had very beautiful experience up on the hill as well. So it's something mystical. And I think if you go there, you you will experience something, or it mm. will at least like create a transformation or something within you, even if you're not feeling it when you're there. But I really was fascinated, love to uh, visit the goddess temple there and i'm curious because we have like i feel like the the um, the wheel of the year has been so much applied now into the way we work in so many like all different types of energy modalities and and uh yeah now that we're connecting more to mother earth like the basis of of your practice so the wheel of the year is one maybe you want to dive deeper into that practice yes
1: yes I love that because that's also like the core of of my work is being cyclical and being a cyclical being and how much better I think we feel if we're able to tune in to the different cycles so for example as we see the wheel of the year Um, If we start at midwinter, for example, and there's, in in my tradition, that's the element of air. So it's about like quiet and kind of uh, clearing out the things that we don't need and going inwards and meditating and um, connecting to the ancestors and the star people. And so it's about really the stillness so that we can really recover and rest and then as we move towards spring uh, the energy start to wake up and at first it's just that tiny little spark that in bulk in february and we kind of go oh waking up but not quite we got to take it quite easy because you know we don't want to rush into anything um and then that the the spring equinox it's like that's the fire so so in my tradition that's where the fire element is so it's you know the the creativity and uh, new ideas and starting new projects and uh, and and we move on through Beltane which is like passion and sexuality and sensuality and we move I always feel like I throw myself out at the spring equinox and then I sort of start to land again at at the summer solstice uh, within the element of water with all the emotions and kind of being held in the ocean of uh, Mother Ocean, um, and just sort of going, oh, you know, what what happened? What did I do? All these projects that I started or didn't start, and what was I thinking? And and just, I mean, at that time also going. I always think like going deep into the ocean and never not quite knowing what's there, and also trying to see how can I flow with what I've started and what I've learned so far and like also working on sort of overcoming obstacles and seeing that am I creating problems for myself am I stuck on things can I just go with the flow of the river and then now is the time uh, when we're coming into the earth element and the darkness so that it, you know the days are getting shorter and I always feel like okay I've, I've had all this energy and I, I went through the water, and now I'm sort of landing with both feet on the ground, and starting to slow down again. And I think it's really important that we do that as a society. And instead, it's like we come back from holiday, and we're supposed to just like, okay, let's. And now we're going to set new goals, and we're going to do this. And I'm like, I can be there, but I just got to take it at my own pace because I just don't. I can't. It's like I can't. It's like my inner pace, I have to know what I'm doing. I have to follow my own heart and my inner pace, even though I'm working at a normal job where I have to do all these other things. But it's like if I know where I'm at, and I know where I'm at in my in my own cycle, and if I know where where we are in the season, and if I know where the moon is at, it's kind of like I have I listen to all that now, and it's not like I do it perfectly because I, you know, I, I struggle with uh, low self-esteem and anxiety and depression and all that. But I understand it a bit more, and I can kind of see, especially when it's connected to my own cycle. Uh, I can sort of go, okay, this is going to be one of these weeks, or it's going to be one of these days. But it's like I, I, I listen to myself and I look at the the cycles. And I think it's so beneficial. And that's also what I try and teach, I guess, with with my work to sort of when I hold my ceremonies, it's always like we're tuning into that specific energy of the season so that we're able to just take like, an, you know, if my ceremony is an hour and it's like, well, now we're we're tuning into that for an hour. And I think that's so beneficial, even because I th- then, of course, we take that energy with us into our normal lives. and and spread that so yeah see I love this I'm so so passionate
0: (laughs) yeah and it's it's really amazing and everything that you said about having like an awareness of these cycles and awareness of the moon awareness of where we are in nature because we're we are nature as well we're not a separate thing and that we are like this for an object on a mm. on a on Earth, so we're really like tuned in in a in a way that if we like stop and feel, we can really harness that that time. Because I feel like a lot a lot of like how society is is that it's like a straight line or it's mm. an upward line all the time, and it's yes. a like linear thing and. Mm. And we can't be like that because if you see how society has developed and how people are feeling, it's not working out. And then also if you are a a bleeding woman or anyways, if you have a womb, you you have your cycles uh, and even without as well, like you have these different phases just as Mm -hmm. earth has. And it's really like, it's like one month can be like week to week, so different. Mm. So I feel like that's really important. To, so we see the, the correlation and the similarities and we start connecting with that. And then everything seems so magical because then nothing is a coincidence anymore. Mm. and Everything is so synchronized. So I think that's really beautiful. And we are coming up to the equinox here in the Northern Hemisphere, the, the autumn or fall equinox. Mm. So, what is important for you at this time like it's about three weeks from now as we're speaking
1: yes i guess for me it's really important to to start to slow down and and um also to look at balance in my life to see like am i you know am i working too much which well obviously because i'm in a full-time job i always think i'm working too much because <laughs> i'm not built for that but also sort of seeing am I because I'm such a hermit and I love being at home all by myself and and then I have to go okay but I really enjoy seeing friends so maybe I need to just go okay I'm going to see some friends now just to get like a balance because I know that makes me feel so much better but then I also know that if I see friends then I have to have time to rest so it can be just things like that just looking at at my energy levels and making sure that i'm looking after myself Um, and also this season is about gratitude for me and and um, just noticing that well saying thank you for everything that i've got from the tiniest little thing to to you know having a home Uh, and also i think it's important for me to look at what i have achieved because I, I'm i not very nice to myself sometimes. And I think, gosh, why haven't I got a big goddess temple? And if I only, if I was different, if I was this and that, and then to go, well, look at what I've created and look at um, what I've shared and and how that's made me feel and how much I love the, this work that I'm doing as a priestess, which is, you know, only on weekends and and evenings. And how much energy that gives me and and be really grateful that I'm able to do that. Uh, So, yes, gratitude, balance, grounding. um, And it's, I think, it can take some, I don't know, I kind of like when the evenings get a bit darker. um, But it's all, you know, I don't want to. I know that some people go, oh, no, six months of darkness. That's terrible. But I like to sort of go, oh, what do I enjoy about this season? Like lighting candles and picking mushrooms and, um, you know, those clear autumn days or staying inside when it's rainy. And so it's sort of looking at all those little things that I can appreciate in every season. So, I, yeah, I think that kind of sums it up.
0: Mm yeah i also appreciate this uh when when it's st- the start of this season because it really allows you to especially if you are as me and you like more of it, like i i always say that i'm like a introvert but at the same time i am social but i really need the time to be with myself and I get very exhausted sometimes in the summers, but I really love the summer, but mm. yeah, this time is really like a good time to, because we, we have experienced the shift uh, here quite a lot. And now it's a little bit summery again with the mm. sun, but it's getting cooler. <clears throat> so the the change of this element is, is really beautiful. And I really feel like th- what happens at the equinox moving towards the solstice uh, the winter solstice mm-hmm. it's always like if i look back and one can think about this time of year like between uh, if we're in the northern hemisphere now in uh, mid-september or end of september up until end of december it's really like a trans always it's been like so transformational it's kind of like a a, a death because mm-hmm. also nature is dying and we get the time to descend and to, Mm. to really work with that energy, which is, it's, it's the way of the goddess as well. It's not like only like the light and energetic and all of this, these aspects. And what draws me to that is also uh, the connection I've had to, uh, yeah, so from my roots of Mesopotamia, I've actually not from a mind perspective that I connected with this aspect of the goddess it just happened in a journey a shamanic journey I I didn't know so much because so much of these old traditions has been forgotten uh, just as here in Sweden as well like now maybe people are remembering it but working with this deep uh, descent is also the path of Ishtar or Inanna, it's mm. it's uh, the same aspect of the goddess, different names, but uh, yeah, you've had a course in this, maybe you want to share, I would love to learn more from you about her, this face of the goddess.
1: Yes, and I'm thinking, you probably actually know more about it, I always go like, well I go on, when I create, I go on on feeling, I'm like, I sort of get the feeling of Inanna and and there's something I want to share there. So for me, what what I love about her is, is, you know, her journey from the light to the darkness and then back again. And as she goes down, she sort of takes off all her layers. And and that to me symbolises, you know, everything that I'm hiding behind, all my masks, all my how I think I should be, how I think other people thinks that I should be and sort of just getting rid of all of that so that finally somewhere down there I can stand, you know, naked and stripped and just as my own soul and from there going back up again to to the light again. Um, And I mean, it can mean so many things. So there's that stripping of the layers. But there's also, I think, you know, when I, if I have gone into deep depressions before, and that that's also to me, like going down into the darkness. And I know that God is is there holding me. And I'm not alone. And I might be there down there in the darkness with her and in other myths it's like she's stirring her cauldron and I can just throw everything in there that I don't want and then again kind of her guiding me back to the light slowly again Um, so it's like an initiation I think because I always try and see if I when i've been in this these deep depressions or periods when i'm like i don't know what i'm doing anymore this is hopeless i'm going to give everything up i know by now that that something something will come out of this some i will learn something from this or i will when i come out it will be like i understand something that i didn't understand before and it's not like i sit there in my depression and i'm happy about that it's like uh, at, but at least I can so I can trust that that's how it normally works. So, yes. Yeah, so that's mm. it's like a uh, remembering those myths and those types of energies can help me. And and I guess to me, how does Inanna feel? Really powerful, really strong. Sort of, you know, when stripped of all those layers there's just that power there's just that sort of this is it (laughs) i know when where i know who i am and it's just like fighting on from there and and standing in in my own radiance and not sounds wrong when i say i don't care but it kind of is i don't care i don't care i shouldn't have to care what other people think about me or what I think they might think, which is my problem. Um, So there's that power, there's that independence and that freedom, I think also that I sort of, that I get from her.
0: Yeah, It is really powerful. And I almost feel like when we go into that really deep, dark place in life, which we all have to do in, one or another way that reminds us of that faith and and surrender Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I feel like that's when especially like when you said like when you come, come out of it you see like it's it you have even more capability of Compassion and to mm. yourself, and you have mm. more understanding, and you have mm. even, like everything that is the goddess. You have more of her in you. Mm. I, I've I really felt like that because mm. it's yeah. In in times when it's when you have truly surrendered that's when you like like really when when you're at a point where you've like in that deepest place. That's when it like as you said, she she's holding you and. And I love that, that feeling of that. So like in, in, uh, in a sense, it's always like with the, with the mother, it's like unconditional love and Mm. unconditional acceptance. And Mm. I think that's, that's why I love also working with the goddess and the feminine aspects, because I, I feel like that's what the world needs to embody more Mm. Mm. and uh, yeah we live in a in like this dark light balance yin-yang balance Mm. all the time in the world and when Mm. when we feel like something is going very wrong it's also like a collective descent and we Mm. have to face what has not been faced so it's a reminder so and this is also in cycles so it's not like Mm. okay now I figured everything out now I can move (laughs) on and that would be almost boring like okay maybe we don't want to go like so deep every time because that would also be very exhausting but at the same time when it happens then we know like we're super aware of what's happening Mm. and we can almost you know in mindfulness and meditation like become the observer of it and still feel mm. it and embody that energy so mm. i really feel that and for me she's also like ishtar or in- inanna's stories has to do with like truly being like you said like having this self love that is that you love every part of yourself because mm. in her story she really like loves and takes um uh like she she's not uh belittling herself or, or being embarrassed of mm. taking what she deserves and which can be seen in, in like history, how how and in her stories you can see also how they change over time, how the patriarchal uh system started to readjust her stories and everything. But she, I mean she she was like and really, ancient, ancient, like queen and goddess. Mm. And I love also you. You mentioned in the winter, like working with uh, star beings, mm. um, which I'm also like right now in a phase during this whole summer, like realizing that these different aspects that we are working with might be also star. Star beings uh, Mm. that that has somehow come into our consciousness. How how have you worked with that, and how is that connected to the winter solstice?
1: Well, it's just I don't really know to be honest. It's just like a sense that I have that you know I guess it's connected to the to the darkness and seeing the stars, and also. In the last few years, I've, I've, I've sort of started to read a bit more about star beings, and, and I'm thinking, what are they doing out there? What, where are they? And I've sort of felt like there is something. There's some kind of connection, but I don't, I don't really know what it is at the moment. But I'm sort of, I'm open to it, and so the way that I do it is I just call them in. If, I, if I'm if i in a meditation or if I'm doing a ceremony at the winter solstice or around there, I call them in and I just welcome them. And I don't know what they do, if they do anything or if I'm connecting to them, but I guess I just kind of call them in, welcome them, and I trust that, that something might happen or it might not. It just is as it is, but yeah, so it's kind of a new, exploration mm. for me just mm. inviting them and and I guess I think like it feels quite um nice to to welcome them because I'm thinking they're out there somewhere I don't know in what shape or form but it just seems to me it's it just seems like well they are out there I don't know in, in another dimension or are they real somewhere are you know traveling I have no idea but it just it's just an interesting exploration that i don't know much about but i'm i'm open mm.
0: yeah and what you're saying also is is like a something in the collective i feel like that it's opening up because more and more people are like even if we've i think i've always felt like i know that there's something but i feel like the past years and especially this past year has become very much in my consciousness that there is something and then like thinking about all these myths and stories and beings that we see all over the world and they're really matching i'm i'm actually also thinking about the sumerian and the Mm. and the egyptian and the hindu mythologies like it feels like if, if everything is made up from a consciousness, it's, it has no shape or form, but everything that has been created of this consciousness, it could be everything, because if we think that we we have a consciousness, we can make up anything. So mm. if there's a consciousness that has made up this entire universe and galaxies and everything that is never ending, then mm. why there's nothing that is impossible. Mm. And I mean, if, you, if one, it reads about the mythologies and even in the in the Old Testament and everything it, it's very clear to even to researchers now that it's it sounds like there are these these star beings that have mm. somehow brought knowledge and information mm. and, uh, and just reading about stories listening to people's stories in this life like what they've experienced it's so fascinating so it's like a curiosity i feel like if i wouldn't be curious anymore then i don't know what what i would do yeah. like it's just this constant learning and i feel like mm. i loved the thing that you said that certain things initiate us mm. like we have certain things in life that truly our experiences that we can see as initiations. And Mm. it doesn't have to be that it's a, like a formal initiate, it's like, it's really something that upgrades our consciousness or unlocks uh, memory Mm. or like, it's so so interesting with that. And I think that you mentioned that in in the descent that that's definitely a initiation, it really Mm. shifts our awareness mm. yeah and but just maybe i should have asked this question before because maybe everyone doesn't know exactly what it means to be a priestess like mm. what 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 does a priestess do and how does it differ from what we've learned from like like these old religions or the the, the monotheistic religions about what mm. a priest is And yeah
1: yes i guess a priestess um is so it's always like what on earth do i do no but it's like um it's about as a priestess using all that i've learned and all that i'm continuously learning to um kind of bring goddess alive in the world which means if someone is interested and if someone wants to learn then I can share what I've learned through my work. And um, I feel it's like honoring, honoring the energies, honoring the earth, honoring, uh, honoring the land, honoring the trees and the rocks and the water. It just feels like. As a priestess, I'm aware of. I mean, you don't have to be a priestess to do that, but just being aware of everything that's around me and that that it's alive and that there's this energy that flows through everything. And so I think that's what it is. I, I just being able to share everything that I've learned like I said but also I think as a priestess it's my responsibility to to work on myself and to explore to kind of peel those layers off all the time Um, because I was saying earlier this year I think that like sometimes I just want to take off the label priestess because it's like well it's like a label that that I use so that people can kind of know what I'm doing but it's not like I go around going I am a priestess of Avalon with my staff and uh, it's it, but it is it, it's also like a reminder for me so it's a good label for me because it reminds me of my promise to goddess to to stand up for her and to awaken as much as I can um and to always explore you know what is how can I I find it hard to explain but how can i um when i peel off these layers and take off my masks and stand up for myself to find my true essence and to just stand in that and to know who i am and to be true to myself and i think then other people can hopefully look at me and and be inspired or be inspired by my work and Um, So I'm not hiding behind some ego because I think then it's difficult for people to really connect and really feel what I'm doing. And I mean, it's really it's challenging. It's very challenging, I find. But I love it. I love exploring all these. I love exploring the layers of myself and learning more through through meditation and through ceremony and reading you know, from all different traditions. Um, so it's not like I'm just stuck on the Lady of Avalon and, and Glastonbury. It's like I I use Buddhist uh, meditations and I follow Ramdas. I love him, um, and I've learned so much from his teachings. And uh, so it's kind of like I use I use everything because you know there's only one divine force, and I sort of um, I always think like there's like that a rainbow of a million colors and, and the Lady of Avalon and the Goddess and the Divine Feminine, there's like one color that I'm drawn to specifically and work with, but there's like so much more out there. So I've answered a little bit of your question and I've gone mm. off on the rainbow, but no, <laughs> maybe I love that. that explains
0: it. I like that visual. It's really <laughs> yeah. beautiful that we see that we can Like if we're in devotion, we can be in devotion in so many different ways. That's Mm. beautiful. And that Mm. we hold this, yeah, this color or this form or this sense. And what you said also is so important that like for all healers and teachers and everything that we're actually working with ourselves, like Mm. probably that's why we're doing this work. But Mm what i'm doing or what you're doing is also affecting the whole collective Mm. we're taking responsibility for ourselves which is reflects on on everything and everyone and that's how we do heal and that's how we do transform as a collective and we all are here for different purposes and reasons and so yeah we, it's not good or bad it's just mm. it just is and it's just is. yeah and when you're called you're called like it's no there's no doubt but as you said it can be scary at first mm. when you feel the calling but you're not sure and then it's like mm. it can become scary because you have to start facing everything it's like okay mm. if i choose this path is i think it's unconsciously that that we know that okay if i choose this path i know i have to like really dive deep and you know these layers I can't live on the superficial Mm. uh, plane anymore which is not a bad thing it just is so Mm. yeah I think that's beautiful thank you for explaining that and I would love for you to also share like what are you uh, doing and sharing right now if people want to connect with you work with you uh, just I'm gonna link Mm. to all of your your website and social media here in the episode as well. But maybe you want to share anything else?
1: Yes. Well, if if you're in Sweden and listening to this, I've got my seasonal ceremony, so you can find that on my website, and that's an online ceremony. And it's, you know, before I started doing online ceremonies, I thought, oh, you know, how can that really work? It feels like so distant, but it's oh it's just magical, mm. and I absolutely love that. Um, and if you're not in Sweden or speak Swedish, I also have online courses and and I've got a really, really lovely one about where you, um, work with the elements one at a time for a week or however long you want to, but it's set up for like a five week course of preparation. And then one of the, each of the elements. And I just think that's, because that's how I started like with going through each of the elements to then get to, to open up, to be able to open up to goddess in a different way, because then you kind of learn how to, how does fire feel within me and and what does fire represent for me and how does fire affect me in my life, for example. And then, and then when you um, meet a, a, a fire goddess, for example, if you if you're in meditation and you kind of connect have a goddess you connect with fire, you kind of you can sense her within you. I always feel like you know really experiencing the energies of the goddess and of the elements. And I think starting with the elements is just that's where I created the course because I think it's a really good foundation or even if you've been walking this path for a long time to kind of sometimes you just need to I'm going back to basics again and just going through the elements and just giving giving myself that gift really so yeah I think I mean I I do courses that are anything from one week to five weeks so there's there's um there's a few to explore and I love them all and I love creating them and I'm I'm gonna start working on a mindfulness course now because I think mindfulness and just presence is like the key to to this work. Even though mindfulness in the West has become like a bit, uh, it's like so proper and clean and medical. And I'm like, no, let's bring the heart back. It's the heart that's important, just being. I'm gonna start working on that soon. So who knows if it will be finished or not because of my cyclical way of working, but that's (laughs) my plan. (laughs)
0: it will it will get born at some point anyways it's just putting that seed in and yeah that's amazing and what yeah definitely the elements I mean we are the elements our body is made from the elements so getting in touch with that is actually very important and I feel like the elements are different medicines for us Mm. like we can really use it and you can when you shift into Being very aware of an element, you can heal so much in yourself, Mm. which is Mm. like it's about the balance. So I think that's beautiful. I'm going to link everything. And then you also have a Swedish podcast with Veronica, who's been my guest, our mutual friend.
1: Yes, I've got two. Um, Oh, yeah, that's it. I've got, we've got one goddess podcast and Mm. we've got called prestinans väg and we've got a meditation podcast podden on meditation and then i've just started a third one obviously because i can't contain myself (laughs) and i've only got one episode but it's called a circle of sisters so that's in Mm. english and it's um, i'm trying to kind of copy what you're doing and talking to other people about this so yeah, Mm. so i've got one out um so everyone i would love it if you listen to that because yeah. I haven't promoted it that much, and uh, I talked to Sarah Cornforth, who's like a moon wisdom person mm. in the UK, mm. and it was a really lovely chat. So
0: Wow, yeah, I have to listen to that, I missed it. Yeah. That's amazing. So you have the two ones in Swedish and then mm. this newest one in English, that's yes. perfect. We have different, uh, both English speaking here and other yes. countries, so it's good to have uh, English one. So. So, so happy to have you here and to connect with you again. Thank you so much for being here and sharing with us. I'm sure so many people are interested in the work that you're doing and this beautiful like goddess work Uh, in general. It's really becoming more and more uh, awakened in our consciousness. So I'm really Mm. grateful that you came.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute joy.
0: (laughs) Mm, Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope that this was inspiring for you. And maybe you've been called to, to work more deeper with Mother Earth and the goddess aspects. And I would love to hear your own path. You can connect with me on Instagram or Facebook and let me know how that journey has been for you. And if you do want to connect with the seasons and the cycles of nature... In three weeks we have the equinox coming up and we will be having a beautiful online connection, ceremony, celebration where we will work with goddesses, with the full moon and all of the energy that the equinox has to bring. So you can check that out in the links in the bio and let's take a deep inhalation in through the nose together and exhale it out through your mouth and have a beautiful day.